coming up, Wild Oak Living. Good morning, Mendocino County and beyond. You are tuned to to Wild Oak Living. This is the Honda Wild Oak. I bring you this program every other Thursday from 9 until 10 a.m. And I've been doing this for almost 20 years now. Thank you so much for tuning in to, K- to KZYX and thanks so much for tuning in to Wild Oak Living. This program is all about living, working, and having fun sustainably in Mendocino County and beyond. And as you know, if you've been a regular listener, I cover a variety of topics in from in all kinds of genres. And today we're going to be talking about taxes. And before your eyes roll over and, and, and glaze up, let me tell you, this is going to be a fun and fascinating conversation about t- a book called Tax the Rich, How Lies, Loopholes and Lobbyists Make the Rich Even Richer. I'm going to be talking with Morris Pearl and Erica Payne of the Patriotic Millionaires. And this book is going to, as, as it says here on the, on the, on the book website, a powerfully persuasive and thoroughly entertaining guide to the most effective way to unrig the economy and fix inequality from America's wealthiest class traders. Welcome to Wild Oak Living, uh, Erica. And let me make sure that we've got you potted up here. Okay. Welcome to Wild Oak Living, Erica and Morris. Thank you. We're happy to be here. Great to be in your show. I'm so happy that you're joining us today. I just need to get one window out of the way here so that I can actually see you again. Is this the one? Okay, now I can see you all. This is really fascinating because we're having a Zoom conversation that is also broadcast on the radio <laughs> live to Mendocino County and Sonoma County and Humboldt County and Lake County and all all our loyal and faithful listeners in all those areas. So I would like to start this conversation, and we're going to be talking about a lot of topics, but I usually like to start asking people who've written a book what inspired you to, to talk about this topic? And I know, Maurice, for you, it was a moment with chocolate pudding, right? Or something like that? Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was working for um, BlackRock, the big asset management company. And most of my clients were government, parts of the governments. And we were figuring out how much the bank bailouts all over the world were costing the taxpayers. And one day I was having lunch um, during a due diligence meeting, taking a break in the penthouse dining room in the headquarters of a big bank in downtown Athens, Greece. And I walked over to the window so people wouldn't see. I took two chocolate puddings from the buffet. And for a moment, I thought I was watching a parade. Then I realized there was actually a riot in the street. And I turned and walked back to the bank that I was meeting with. And it kind of occurred to me to wonder if I was really doing any good for the rest of the people of Greece other than a couple of dozen bank executives whose jobs we were hopefully saving by getting their bank a bailout. And a few months later, I uh, started working with Erica full time, uh, giving up my previous career. And I've been doing policy and advocacy work ever since then. That was about seven years ago. And how about you, Erica? What, how did you come to this, to this calling and to write the book? 
You know, I don't even know if my mom and dad have asked me the exact same question. I grew up in North Carolina. I certainly, I talked about this in the in the book. I didn't, I wasn't sitting around playing with my Barbie dolls in Raleigh, North Carolina, thinking I was going to grow up and work on tax policy. But, um, but what happened for me was in 2010, it was during the lame duck session of Congress. I'd worked on a lot of different areas of public policy up to that point. And, um, and it, became clear that President Obama was going to cave to Republican demands to extend the Bush tax cuts for incomes um, over a million dollars. And it just absolutely infuriated me that a Democratic president who did not have to make this um, this deal was willing to allow the richest people in the country to pay lower taxes than they should. And so I got a few people together, um, a bunch of millionaires that I knew from being involved in politics and Together, they wrote a letter to the president and the Congress that basically said, for the good of the country, raise our taxes. I mean, this has gotten absolutely preposterous. And I think it's something that the vast bipartisan majority of Americans understand. But we have a political system where people like Morris um, and other millionaires and lobbyists and CEOs have an outsized amount of influence on what the structure of our country is. And so we now have a tax code that has been several decades in the making, um, but basically that guarantees that our country is going to become more unequal even more quickly over time. Morris and I both believe that this social unrest that we're seeing, you know, everything from school shootings to the January 6th attack has at its root some sense of like lost hope for a huge number of Americans, whatever their political persuasion is people recognize that they're not going to get ahead and that we have actually 71 percent of americans think the economy is rigged against them and we think they're right and the easiest fastest most efficient way to rig an economy is through the tax code and we just we wrote this book because as you said at the beginning you know when people hear tax code they we fall into a situational narcolepsy you know i mean it, people think it's boring and it's actually the sexiest topic on the planet it's all about money and power and whose money means more than other people's money and so we just wanted to make um a way for people to be able to access incredibly important information about the structure of their economy um but to make it fun and easy it's a pretty breezy read it is about tax policy, but we, we made it as fun as we can, and I think we did a pretty good job. So, I think so, too, and it contains cartoons and, and stories and, and anecdotes. Uh, it's, it's, it's really entertaining reading. I mean, I, I'm one of those people whose eyes glaze over when, when somebody mentions the word taxes, but I've understood and learned through your book how you know taxes are maybe the most important tool that determines the wealth of a country and the and the wealth and well-being of the people in it uh, i know morris you mentioned in your introduction um in in your letter uh, i plan to do everything i can to ensure we tax people like me as substantially and effectively as possible because i don't want to be a rich man in a poor country why not well because that doesn't work i made money by investing in businesses and those businesses depended on millions and millions of people who paid their bills every month who paid for expensive organic ice cream who bought expensive shoes and bought organic groceries and did all the things that made all of our patriotic millionaire members successful in their businesses you know they tried in south africa having a country with a few rich people and lots and lots of poor people that did not work it did not end well for the rich people either 
Um, so I'm really not totally altruistic. I want to live in a country that succeeds for everybody because that's the kind of country where I want to live and I want my children and now my granddaughter to live in too. One of the- yeah, that's one of the things I love, Joe, about Morris. He always says, he insists, he says, I'm not any more altruistic than the next guy. I'm just greedy for a different kind of country. And the kind of country we have right now values the money that somebody like Morris makes substantially over the money that any working person makes. I mean, I'll just give you a few numbers that'll blow your head apart. And um, just take a couple in West Virginia, okay, because Senator Manchin has a lot to do with whether or not we we make some good reforms to the tax code or not. In West Virginia, let's say two working people, and this is true all over the country, but if two people work and make $50,000 a year by, you know, working 40 hours a week, 50, 52 weeks a year, they will pay about $3,000 in federal taxes. If Morris today spends eight seconds clicking two buttons on an E-Trade account and brings in that same amount of $50,000 by selling some stock that he bought several years ago. So he hasn't done anything. And in a calendar year, he brings in $50,000 by clicking a button. He will pay $0 in federal taxes. So the working people who are trying to get rich are paying $3,000 more in federal taxes than Morris, who is already rich. And it goes on from there, $100,000. A couple makes $100,000 working every single day in a year. They will pay $9,000 more in federal taxes than Morris as a multimillionaire investor makes if he clicks a button and sells some stock making a hundred thousand dollars he will pay zero in taxes so basically every dollar that morris has is more valuable than every single dollar that a working person has and we don't think that's a good way to run a country and you say you say in your book there's five hundred thousand people who meet your definition in the u.s five hundred thousand people who meet your definition of millionaires. I want to talk about, you know, why, why, uh, uh, about your organization, uh, you know, the Patriot Millionaires and and what what you call the other millionaires. Um, But I want to just continue this conversation a bit more about why does it make such a difference for a country, uh, how people are taxed? I wonder if you can go into that a little bit more. Why is this so important? I'll tell you, I mean, I'm sitting here at my desk, and I'm getting wealthier all the time. You know, my wealth now is millions of dollars more than it was when the pandemic started. And I just sit here and look at the numbers on my screen and my stock portfolio. And so that difference compounds over time. I was doing well two or three years ago before the pandemic started. And I was paying less taxes than someone doing equally well who worked all the time. And because I paid less taxes, the following years, I had even more savings. And then I made even more money this year than I did last year. And I I still pay less taxes. So that difference compounds over time. The fact that I made, that I had more money to save in 2019 means that I made more money in 2020 than would have otherwise been the case. And I had even more money to save in 2021. And I paid less taxes than a working person. And that difference compounds over time and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's how people get wealthy, through the compounding effect of saving over many years. And that compounding effect is hugely greater 
when you don't have to pay income taxes. If you get a paycheck every week and have tax deduct from that paycheck, hopefully you can save something for you know your retirement or your kid's education or whatever. But you could you could have saved far more if you didn't have to pay taxes on that income. And that's the case for no reason that I can come up with. That is the case for people whose income comes from long-term capital gains, from investing in the stock market and then selling their stock someday. And, and the societal impact of this, Joe, I mean, I think that that's where it comes down. It, it's obvious to anybody listening that Morris should not pay a lower tax rate than a person who actually works for a living. So that's just kind of a baseline fairness deal where we have set up one tax code for the uber wealthy and one tax code for working people. And the tax code for working people is significantly more onerous than the tax code for the investor class who already has money. So you start there where people have a built-in sense that they are not getting a fair deal. That's a great place for society to start breaking down. And then you add on top of that this dynamic that Morris has talked about where you compound his kind of money over and over again. So then the societal effect is that we are at 100-year levels highs of inequality. So a very small number of people have concentrated wealth and power in the country in their hands while everybody else um, is getting less and less of a part of the pie. And the analogy we use in the book is if you think of that wooden block game Jenga, you know, it's the big stack of wooden blocks. And if you take from the bottom in the middle and keep on piling on the top, at a certain point, the whole thing falls down. We're in a situation right now where Jeff Bezos is rich enough that he built himself his own rocket ship while we simultaneously have school kids in Arizona in kindergarten. Their parents are having to pay $300 a month to send their kids to public kindergarten full time. There's no ability to send three-year-olds, four-year-olds, two-year-olds to daycare. So working families are having to shell out money while Jeff Bezos have enough that he can build himself a rocket ship. This is not a good long-term structure of a society. And one of the, um, a wealthy person who is in line with us, he, he wrote a great article called um, The Pitchforks Are Coming For Us Plutocrats. And the only thing that Morris and I would add is it's not going to be pitchforks. There are more guns than people in this country right now. And the societal fabric is ripping apart. There is an urgency to this specific moment where we have to reverse the trend lines. We cannot continue to concentrate wealth and power in the hands of an increasingly small group of people. Number one, it's destroying our democracy. And number two, it's leading to a whole bunch of really angry, scared people who can then be manipulated by political operatives and the whole thing falls apart. I was just going to, yeah, go ahead, Morris. In contrast to what Erica said about those children, my granddaughter, who's two and a half, um, is very different. I put 50,000 and some odd dollars aside for her education last year. She's already made $10,000 in profits at the age of two and a half, and she'll if according to my plan, have hundreds of thousands of dollars to do whatever with by the time she graduates from high school. And it's just a whole different world between how the few people live and how most people live. And it's not sustainable. 
the people are not going to put up with it anymore. And we need to tell the rest of the billionaires that we have to change course or the country is not going to continue on the course that it's going. This is a, a good point to to pivot and talk about the patriotic millionaires. But before, before we do that, I'd like to let you know you are listening to KZYX, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. This is Wild Oak Living. I'm Johanna Weldock. And today, Mike, we are talking, we are talking about a book called Tax the Rich. Oops, I just lost my page. <laughs> we are talking about a book called Tax the Rich. And my guests today are Erica Payne, the authors of the book, Erica Payne and Morris Pearl. And we are talking about how the tax code affects what kind of a country we are and, and, and how well the people live in that country. So you said, you said talking to other millionaires, um, and, and, and getting them to understand that it's perhaps not, like you decided, it's not in your interest to be a rich person in a poor country. It's not in, in any rich person's interest to be a rich person in a poor country. And you're also not, Obviously, because um, you're also not on a, on a campaign to do away with rich people. You just want rich people to pay a bigger share of their of their responsibility. Uh, so let's talk about patriotic millionaires. How did that come into being? And and talk a bit about the work that you do. Sure. So um, so as I said earlier, it was 2010. It was the lame duck session of Congress. Um, Obama had been voted in in 2008, and it became clear to me that he was going to extend the Bush tax cut. So we got some folks to sign a letter, about 50 people that said, for the good of the country, raise our taxes. And the income requirements um, that we put for signing the letter that we maintain for our membership today is because there are a lot of different definitions of millionaire, but, um, but our definition of rich is if you have one million dollars at least of income every year or if you have at least five million dollars in assets and our organization does not want to tax anyone who has less than a million dollars of income or less than five million dollars in assets and so what happened was these folks signed this letter, um, put it on a website called The Patriotic Millionaires, and it absolutely exploded in the media. About a week later, the president of the Czech Republic was talking about this group on the floor of the Czech Parliament. The largest television station in Japan sent a film crew over to film all of these um, folks who had signed this letter going to talk to people on the Hill, and it kind of spiraled. From there, we um, shut down the White House phone lines. President Obama and his administration were furious at us for the first year <laughs> for challenging them on this terrible public policy position they had made. And then about a year into it, they actually realized how handy it was to have a bunch of wealthy people demanding higher taxes on themselves. So they invited us to the White House for the president's tax day address in 2012. Several of our members stood on stage with President Obama with people who worked for them to demonstrate this exact thing that we're talking about. The working people pay about twice the tax rate right now as the investor class. And eventually we did succeed in that first um, small but important um, piece that we took on. They did a compromise deal that eventually phased out the um, extension of those Bush tax cuts for incomes over a million. Now, fast forward to 2017 and um, the Republicans rewrote the entire federal tax code on a party line vote and made everything even worse. So we still have our work cut out for us. But um, but just to back up a hair, after we achieved that first victory 
the fight for 15 um, had started. This was about now eight years ago. And we took that on as our second issue, um, raising the federal wage floor and raising the minimum wage so that people who work in the country can actually make, you know, something that they could actually live on. And then the third piece that brings it all together is the distribution of political power. President Jimmy Carter um, said that we are now involved, that the country is basically an oligarchy with unlimited political bribery. And we agree with that. We're in a situation where a very small number of extraordinarily wealthy people are basically designing an economy, including how much they're legally required to pay people and how much they reinvest through the tax code. Um, these folks have created an economy um, that is going to bring the downfall of our society. So the Patriotic Millionaires, we now have about 230 members, um, I think in 33 different states. We focus our attention primarily on reforming the tax code, but um, but to us, the exercise, the tax code, plus the federal wage floor, plus the distribution of political power, that's the three-legged stool that forms the political economy and the heart, the beating heart of any country. And our political economy right now will guarantee that this society will completely fall apart in the next 10 to 20 years if it is not addressed. I had uh, Chuck Collins on my on my program a couple of times once uh, a few years ago when he when he wrote uh, a, a book that I think it was together with with uh, Bill Gates' father, yeah. and and um, and and once recently to talk about his new book, and um, one of the things that he talks about, uh, or at least we talked about in our conversation, was um, it's um, it's interesting to see that 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 people who are very wealthy. Somehow, a lot of them seem to have decided that they don't really need the public infrastructure that we rely on anymore because they can just go to another country or they can just pr provide their own private firefighting and their own private security, etc. And they don't even need the roads anymore because they can just helicopter everywhere. So um, I, I, I'm wondering if you could talk a bit about that, about that disconnect and is could that be one of the reasons why why people why wealthy people you know one that those 500,000 that that you say will qualify for your criteria aren't really that interested in 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 whether they're you know whether they contribute anymore well i think there's a tiny number of people who are at the stage where they can essentially create their own country with their own private firefighting and security and military and everything else. And yes, there are a few. And for a few billion dollars, you could find some small island someplace and get a few hundred people and run your own private nation if you really wanted to. There are very few people in that category. The vast majority of these people are business people and savers and retired people here in the United States, some of whom actually agree with us, but just are not inclined to speak out and work with us, some of whom just have this feeling of entitlement. By God, God's countenance shined upon me and made me rich, and that's how the world is meant to be. And, you know, there's a variety of different kinds of people. And part of the problem is that those people get to spend huge amounts of time with their representatives and their senators. And it's crazy, but it's true. You know, I only recently found out that some people like write letters to their congresspeople or, you know, or actually call and request an appointment or something. I just sit here and mind my own business and wait for the congresspeople to call me. And it happens all the time.
You know, just yesterday, a congressman wanted to meet me in my club uptown. You know, next week, I'm going to a retreat with a bunch of Democratic senators. And part of the problem is they spend so much time with people like us. They know all about the frustrations of being rich and the frustrations of, you know, not just having money deducted from a paycheck, but actually having to write a check a few times a year to send money to the IRS for investment income. Like, that's very annoying. And they just, after a few years, even the best of them start to believe it. Well, yeah, I don't want my constituents having this annoyment, annoyance of having to send checks to the Internal Revenue Service. We should change that so investors get, you know, $100,000 tax-free. And it just becomes ridiculous after a while. And some of these Congress people, they just forget that they also represent other people too, not just the rich donors. And it's hard, but we have to change it. That's why we're also supporting, you know, the bills to do campaign finance reform too. But I think if we're going to change the tax system, that's the heart of what's making inequality grow. And I think our Right now, we're in a, a position of, of time that people are finally starting to realize that it's starting to get onto the stage and we're making progress. Joe, I want to just hit on like, like, I mean, basically, look, the vast bipartisan majority of Americans agree with our position. If you go through, should we equalize ordinary income and capital gains rates over a million dollars? 74% approval. Should we eliminate the stepped up basis, which is this ridiculous thing where, you know, people can pass on enormous amounts of wealth tax free? Of course, 74% of people agree with that. So the public is with us. I would argue that even most of the country's millionaires are theoretically with us, but we have a stru- we have structured a society and a network of influence that prevents anything from getting done. Let me give you an example. There is a lobbying group called the American Investment Council. Okay, it is the it's some of the board of it is some of the largest private equity companies in the country. Take one like Warburg Pincus. Okay, Warburg Pincus, um, you know, is a private equity fund. They they invest in companies, they sell them, blah, 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 blah. There's a loophole called the carried interest loophole, which is one of these tiny, ridiculous loopholes that has no intellectual justification whatsoever. I explained to you earlier about the differentiation between somebody who works for a living and somebody who invests. The working people pay a substantially higher tax rate than the people who invest. The exception to this is if you work have none of your own capital at risk, but you work as a fund manager. If you work as a fund manager, so you're managing other people's money, chances are you are taking advantage of a preferential treatment in the tax code that allows you to treat your ordinary income as capital gains income for tax purposes. So this group of people who, again, have no capital at risk, they actually get the better tax code. It's about 5,000 people in the whole country who benefit from it. Depending on who you talk to, it's basically an average of $300,000 of tax savings for each one of those individuals. And Kirsten Sinema, Democrat, from Arizona came out in the last few days and said that she refuses to close this loophole. Even Joe Manchin, 
is one of the sponsors on the bill to close the carried interest loophole. Well, when you go around and talk to people about closing the, the carried interest loophole, they all agree it's completely ridiculous, including people in the investment business. But this structure of power prevents people from speaking out. Warburg Pincus is run by Tim Geithner, the former Treasury Secretary. Silver Lake Partners, another one of the board members, is co-founded by Glenn Hutchins, who is on the board of the New York Fed. The influence and power of this stuff goes so deep the American Investment Council is basically in charge. It is the lobbying front to keep this loophole open. This is a loophole that Donald Trump said when he said those hedge fund managers are getting away with murder. This is the loophole they were talking about. Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders all agree that the carried interest loophole should be closed and it will not be closed in this upcoming bill because of the power and money of the people in the private equity community who are investing a tremendous amount of money in Kirsten Cinema to make sure that she keeps their preferential treatment in the tax code. That, to me, is morally repellent and intellectually completely indefensible. Yeah, that that almost leaves me speechless. I was actually <laughs> I was actually going to ask, um, you know, is there anything in the Build Back Better plan to address some of the issues that we've raised in this conversation? Well, I mean, here's the thing: the Build Back Better plan has a lot of investments in it. Okay, so but they basically have three point five million dollars of investments that they want to make in the country. Oh, yeah. and it's, I mean, trillion, I'm sorry. And it's anything from, um, you know, having the federal government pay for hearing aids and dentures for older Americans through Medicare to funding preschool for kids like the kids we were talking about earlier in Arizona. We kind of generally think that all those investments are great. Um, but the patriotic millionaires don't take an official position on how the money is spent and how much money is spent. We think that is up to regular citizens through their democratically elected representatives to decide. What we want to see in this bill is if they decide they want to pay for every penny of it with new revenues, we want those new revenues to come from people like Morris. It's that simple. And there is enough money in the in that investor class, that group of millionaires and billionaires. There is money to pay for these investments. And number one, there's money to pay for it. But number two, we want to use this opportunity to unrig the economy by unrigging the tax code. And we're not even talking about taxing like actual entrepreneurs who start businesses. Those people have a whole nother set of tax breaks. The people like me that we're talking about taxing are people who invest money in the stock market in existing companies by buying stock from previous investors and then years later selling it to yet another group of investors. So that activity, I mean, it's good for your stockbroker and your accountant and your lawyers, but it, it's not like it does the American economy any good. It's just sort of operating this Wall Street shuffle game, moving money around between different people and making lots of money and not paying taxes on it. Like like the, the person who painted my house a few years ago said, those are the people who make money in their sleep. Yeah. On average, we make more money while we're sleeping because we don't screw anything up. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> and, I, and here's a, just another piece of it. You know, Kirsten Cinema again, back to, you know, the, the Spink senator um, with, with questionable um, moral architecture. I mean, she has said that she doesn't want to raise any taxes on high earners. So, I mean, that translates to me in her saying that she believes that people like Morris should continue to pay a lower tax rate than working people. Okay, let's also look at, you know, the top marginal income tax bracket right now in the country is at around 622,000. So if you make anything above 622,000, you're going to pay around 37%. Well, let's talk about the person who makes $5 million a year, $2 million a year, $10 million a year. $622,000 is a lot of money. It is not nearly as much money as $10 million. Morris and I believe we need to have several more tax brackets at substantially higher rates. And to give you a historic um, perspective, after World War II, the top marginal income tax bracket was 91%. Today, it's 37%. In the Reagan years, the exemption for an estate was six hundred was the equivalent of six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Today it is twenty two million. In the Reagan years, the top rate for estates was seventy percent. Today it's forty percent. In the last several decades, the the responsibility for carrying a fair share of the burden of paying for this country has fallen more and more on working people and less and less on millionaires and billionaires. And the Democratic senator from Arizona clearly wants to maintain that structure. Sad but true. Let's take a moment to remind you, dear listeners, you are listening to Wild Oak Living on Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. This is Johanna Wild Oak. This program comes to you every other Thursday from 9 to 10 a.m. Today, I am honored to talk with uh, the two authors of a book called Tax the Rich, How Lies, Loopholes, and Lobbyists Make the Rich Even Richer. And we are talking about how... Uh, how that can possibly be changed, which is the subject of the book. And my guests are Erica Payne, who is the founder and president of the Patriotic Millionaires, and Morris Pearl, who is a former managing director of BlackRock, and he is the chair of the Patriotic, Patriotic Millionaires. So uh, I, I did say we want to take phone calls, and I think we're, I think we're going to start opening up the phone lines. Uh, so if you want to join us in this conversation and have some questions uh, or comments, uh, preferably questions to share with our listeners, with, with our guests, um, please give us a call here in the studio. The number is 707-895-2448. That's 707-895-2448. And um, while we wait for phone calls, I just want to mention we've completed our fall pledge drive last weekend, and we raised... Uh, a really good chunk of money for the station to keep us going for another six months. Uh, um, but we didn't quite meet our goal. So if you haven't pledged yet or if your membership has lapsed, please go to kzyx.org and please make a contribution. Um, preferably, if you can possibly swing it, a monthly sustaining contribution, an ongoing monthly sustaining contribution, so that we can keep this kind of programming and all the other wonderful programmings here here on KZYX on the air. And we do have a caller. Oh, my goodness, all three phone lines are lit up. <laughs> all right, let's see. Let's just start with number one. Okay, let me turn this on. Hello, caller. You're live on Wild Duck Living. Yes, thank you for having this program. It's a topic that really needs more discussion and uh, appreciate it. 
I had I had a uh, question for your guests. We know that sales taxes and water taxes are uh, um, really impact the poor more than the wealthy, uh, and they're regressive taxes. But there's something here in California that we have that we're trying to fight, Prop 13. Um, most people understand that we have the tax on land and a tax on improvements. And when you try to improve your property, <clears throat> uh, taxes go up. Um, there are a lot of loopholes for uh, those who own um, parcels of land that uh, I'm not talking about the uh, single homeowner or small commercial business. And as we saw, uh, Prop 15 last year failed because of the Jarvis tax, um, anti-tax folks and uh, the realtors, the realtor associations, they basically put fear into the people, um, and and that's what happens. Is is this fear uh, is placed into the general populace who do not understand how uh, the tax manipulation is happening, and you know if we could ta- take the improvements off land, the taxing the improvements off land, and. Uh, you can't hide land. You could tax land and tax the land for, um, you know, because there, there is now um, what, what we're seeing is corporations are buying apartments and condos as um, in, income generation properties. We're, we're into a new fuel, feudal system in this, this country, and I don't think anyone is realizing it with the Airbnbs and, you know, the vacation rentals and also now buying a limited liability corporation. Uh, holdings for uh, housing is is a human right, and I don't think that's being addressed in this conversation. So I hope you could talk about that a little. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Yeah, we had actually, along with many, we have many many of our patriotic millionaire members uh, live in California, and we have been supporting the uh, proposition, which sadly failed, uh, which your your caller was referencing. Um, yeah, I, I agree that sales tax is inherently regressive that's why we should be having taxes that have more impact on rich people and less impact on poor people that's uh, but we agree with that um and yeah i think it's very sad the way things have gone in california came law so um yeah i essentially agree with uh, your caller's uh, thoughts what are you going to talk about uh, with those senators that you're seeing next week Basically, I think that we need to actually make some changes to reduce inequality in our nation. They were elected to take action, and they weren't elected to come up with some grand compromise of finding some little tiny thing that every single person in America agrees with. Um, Yeah, we know that there are people who don't want to pay more taxes, but I think we need to tell those people that that the other side won the election and they have to put up with that. Um, and that's what I plan to tell our senators is that they should run on taking action to reduce inequality, not plan to run on, on you know, compromising with Republicans to do nothing. Mm-hmm. That's okay. what I plan to say. We do have another call. So let's take this call. Great. Hello, caller. You're live on Wildic Living. And can you please make sure yeah. your radio is off? 
Hello? Why can't... Hello? Yes. Am I in the air? Yes, you are. Um, I was wondering, why can't all uh, lower class or people with very just barely enough money to get by, uh, why can't we all just go and make a big attempt and go exempt for two years straight and keep the money that we're getting and let them figure out what are they going to do? Then they'll figure out that they need to get the money from everyone, not just us. All right. Thank you Is for that question. That? Thank you for that question. I mean, I think he's basically talking about a tax, a taxpayer strike. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if, if people, I mean, right now there's a standard deductions um, on the, let's just talk about the federal tax code for a second. There's a standard deduction, which is basically, it varies depending on if you're a single person or an adult, but call it roughly $20,000 um, that the government says, all right, you need this money all to yourself. So you don't actually pay federal taxes unless you make above that amount. Now, I think the issue of a taxpayer strike, and that's, you know, big action takes a lot of organizing and it would it would take a lot of organizing to have a big impact. Um, I think that what you would probably find is that the people in charge of the federal government right now would just continue to hack at the services that the United States needs if regular taxpayers stood up and took and, and went on strike. But I mean, listen, we're at a point right now where the analogy I've been using with people is we're trying to slap a Band-Aid on a hemophiliac. You know, we are at a crisis point in this country. And so, you know, more power to you. If, 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 you, if you can organize a regular person taxpayer strike, I would suggest you start with Arizona since, I mean, we only need 50 votes to fix this tax code and Kamala Harris to be the deciding vote. There is one problem right now on the tax front, and that is Kirsten Cinema. So if anybody wants to have an impact on this, I suggest you get in your car, drive to Arizona and take to the streets of Arizona and demand an answer from Senator Cinema about why she thinks it's appropriate for Arizona families to pay $300 a month for public kindergarten and she refuses to close the carried interest loophole. I mean, there can be no better example of the egregious impact of money on our political system than that particular loophole and that she has come out publicly and said that she wants to maintain exactly how this country is going right now, all the preferential treatment for the rich. And the result is that Arizona's working families are going to get exactly zero support from the federal government. That's reason enough to go on. That's reason enough for people to go on strike, in my opinion. I'm not sure that's the most effective way to do it. But part of the part of the challenge is that is that it's very difficult to run a taxpayer strike. Most people in America who work for a living have money deducted from their paycheck every single week. It's just it's investors like me who don't, and we're the ones who have to take out our checkbook and send in a check a few times a year. And so essentially the problem is that the rich people are threatening to go on strike and making Congress come up with some kind of appeasement policy. Oh, we must appease the rich or they'll, I don't know, move to Somalia or something. Um, but yeah, it's very, it's very difficult. We have another caller. Hello, caller. You're live on Wild Dog Living. Yeah, hi. Um, thanks for your interesting show. Uh, you're kind of filling out the deep. Something many of us 
distinctly and that's really valuable. My comment or question is, uh, you know, these ultra-rich people, you know, you can, you can buy all the jets you want and vacation homes and luxury and all that, but there's still all this money, especially with the, the uh, Citizens United ruling and all that, there's all, the, 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 all this increase in wealth is being turned into political influence, which makes it harder and harder and harder for any but the most rich to, um, to you know, to put forth policy and, and enable laws and stuff. So um, a comment on how this massive wealth is, is, uh, is really wrecking our democracy. I guess I'd just like a little more comment on how all this excess wealth is being deployed uh, to our detriment. Uh, I agree. Thank you. Yeah, I, I agree with the caller. There are all these rich people using their money to gain more political power and then using their newfound political power to gain yet more money. And it's a big problem. Um, we've also been supporting some of the democracy bills like H.R. 1, S. 1 and the like, uh, basically do something like we do in New York City to have campaign finance reform uh, to enable small dollar donors to have the same kind of influence that the rich people have. Um, so I think that would make a difference. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the gentleman's point is basically, I agree with. I will say this, though. I mean, do not underestimate the ability of a small number of people to make an enormous amount of difference. We right now, as we sit here, we have basically about 80, we have about 90 percent of the Democratic Party in agreement that the tax code needs to be reformed. They have some difference in specificity about this issue or that issue. But look, Joe Biden ran on raising taxes on millionaires, billionaires, and multinational corporations, and he won on that platform. We have about 15 Democrats who are standing in the way of that. Kirsten Cinema is the big one in the Senate. So if you're in Arizona, rally against Kirsten Cinema. In California, you will have two people in California, Lou Carrero and Jim Costa. These are people who have, you know, said that we need to, Jim Lou Corella said that he needed to pause efforts to reform the corporate tax code that currently has Starbucks pretending like it's an Irish company. I mean, the corporate tax code is ridiculous. Jim Costa, um, you know, doesn't want to support tax increases. These are two people who are in the state of California, you know, go to their offices, call their offices. The, the number to the Senate is 202-224-3121. Load the Senate down with phone calls from you. Speak to these specific lawmakers. If you are in their district, run a primary campaign against them. You know, you can get these people out of office. And if different people are in office, they will make different decisions, particularly if they know that they are in office because of a different framework for how we should run this economy than these folks have. Jim Costa and Lou Carrera in California. So I don't know how far they are from your districts, but that's a great place to start. And you can beat those people. Scott Peters. He's another one. He voted against allowing Medicare to negotiate drug prices. That is ridiculous. 
why is Scott Peters in office? Medicare has to negotiate drug prices or Americans who are sick and need these drugs are going to continue to pay prices that are orders of magnitude more than people pay in foreign countries. Go primary him. And we do have another phone call. Hello, caller. You're live on Wild Lake Living. Uh, yes, I have a question you, I'd like is to your, answer. Is your phone on? Uh, is your radio on? No, it's not. Okay. I, I just have a bad phone line, unfortunately. Okay. But go ahead and ask your question, and then, I, and then I'll, I'll, you can listen on the air. Okay. My question is, I'm wondering, first of all, this is a great program, and the message is really clear. And I'm wondering what are you know patriotic millionaires doing in terms of making ordinary people aware of what their representatives are doing? Are you putting up billboards in Arizona, for, you know, explaining what Kristen Cinema is voting against? And why not do that against Target, especially all the Democrats who are doing that, as well as the Republicans? That's my question. Thank you. You are. Okay. We've yeah, done a few so, billboards. So We've we talked to you. <laughs> yeah, we're talking to y'all. We um we actually just spent three days in West Virginia, going all mm-hmm. over the state, talking to all the people in mansions offices and tons of people just around on the streets. We stopped in the parking lot of a Dollar Tree, you know, and just started talking to people about tax policy. If you go to taxtherich.com. Um, taxtherich.com. You can go on there and a couple of things are on there. Number one, you can sign up to join our campaign. We will never ask you for money, but we will tell you how to use your personal political influence and who you need to talk to. There's a tab on the website called the problems and it has a list of the lawmakers who are standing in the way of working people and fairness in the tax code. We have the contact information, both their phone numbers and emails on there. There's also a 15-minute PowerPoint presentation that is essentially the book that we wrote in 15 minutes or less. You can see everything you need to understand about how ridiculous the tax code is. And we are spending a tremendous amount of, we're spending all of our time I'm talking to regular Americans about what is happening in this country, what is wrong with the tax code. We wrote this book to help make it easy for people. This PowerPoint presentation can tell you everything. And then there's a certain set of lawmakers that we've got to influence. And it's 16 of them. So, you know, get out your, get out your phone, start calling them, start emailing them, tell them you're not going to put up with this anymore. Go to taxtherich.com, sign up, and Erica will give you personal instructions to deploy you. <laughs> well, actually, you've, 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 you've already jumped to the answer of, of my next question. We have about five minutes left, and I was going to invite each of you to talk about, you know, what are things people can do and, and where people can go. You've already mentioned Tax the Rich and, and signing up to, to become active, uh, what are some of the, how about each of you take about two minutes to, to leave us with whatever parting words you'd like to leave us with? Look, you, you, you do have some influence. If you're a voter in the United States, you can call your member of the House of Representatives. You can call your senator. You can tell them you think this is important because they're, I, I'm sure they're getting calls from rich, greedy people who don't want to pay more taxes. Those calls are get high returns because somebody can save thousands or millions of dollars by spending five minutes calling someone. So the regular people who work for a living have to take the same kind of uh, position and 
contact people and let the representatives know that voters actually care. Erica. I, I just want to back up what Morris says. I mean, we are literally in about a two to three or four week period where something good is either going to happen or not happen. There are two senators who need to hear from ordinary Americans because even if they're not the senator from your state, they are standing in the way of progress for the entire nation. And there are about 13 Congress people who need to hear from everybody. And I'll tell you, there are two things that I would suggest that people do. Number one, go to taxtherich.com, click on the problems and make phone calls and send emails to every single one of the lawmakers that we have listed. Number two, Call your personal representative, whoever your congressperson is. You can look up, up on the Internet. Call your congressperson and tell your congressperson that you want them to become a more vocal advocate for tax fairness. We saw last week Bernie Sanders. This is very unusual for senators and congresspeople to mess around in other people's districts. Senator Bernie Sanders wrote an op-ed in the largest um newspaper in West Virginia challenging Senator Manchin for his position on this spending bill. Now, I'm sure Senator Manchin didn't like that. He indicated he didn't like that. It forced a conversation. And so what we would like to see, for example, in Arizona, we would like every single congressperson in Arizona to be publicly discussing the absolute absurd position that Kirsten Cinema has on raising taxes. They have a platform, they should use it. So you as their constituents, should encourage your specific lawmaker to challenge their colleagues and let them know you're watching their position on tax fairness. And if they're not in line with what the bipartisan majority of Americans want to see in a tax code, that you're going to you're going to make sure that you do your part to get them out of office. Well, that's a great wrap up. And and we want to give your website one more time. Sure, taxtherich.com. Easy to remember, taxtherich.com. And then if you want to learn more about the Patriotic Millionaires, you can go to patrioticmillionaires.org. That um, that site has a lot of information on it, too. But this our, our specific fight right now to fix this tax code, it's going to happen in the next two to three weeks um, or not happen. Now is the time. Call your friends, email all of your friends, send them the link to taxtherich.com, tell them to go to the tab, The Problem, and pile phone calls and emails into these offices. They, let me tell you something, this is how it works, Joe. Every time a phone call comes in, the person at the front desk logs it, whether it's a message or somebody answering the phone, they log it. At the end of the day, that whole list of calls goes to the chief of staff. Those chiefs of staff sit down with the member themselves and they say, look, 50% of the calls we got today were fussing at you about your terrible position on taxes. 70% of the calls we got today. They pay attention to those calls and emails going into their offices. So load them down. Thank you so much, Erica Payne and Morris Pearl, authors of a book called Tax the Rich, How Lies, Loopholes, and Lobbyists Make the Rich Even Richer. You can learn more at uh, tax, is it taxtherich.com or .org? I've forgotten. 
I think we actually own all of them. It's okay. technically com, but it doesn't really matter. Taxtherich.com. Tax or org. And again, the book is called Tax the Rich. And thank you so much to both of you, Erica Payne and Morris Pearl, for the work that you do and for being on Wild Oak Living today. I really appreciate your time. Thank and you. all the best. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.